Hello, and welcome to Release and Restore Guided Meditations, a podcast where I share guided meditations, mini lessons, and conversations with inspirational women. I'm Danielle, a yoga and meditation teacher, and I will be your host and guide through this journey. So take a moment to get comfortable, and let's begin. Hi everyone, and welcome to our episode today. Today will be a very special episode as I have a guest that will be coming on. My friend Sia will be with me chatting about the benefit of yoga for children. Sia is the owner and founder of Once Upon a Mat, which brings yoga, storytelling, relaxation, and fun through movement and mindfulness to kids. She is a teacher who is qualified and experienced in primary, junior, Montessori, and special education. Insia has completed workshops on incorporating yoga and mindfulness in classrooms to over 200 educators in Ontario. She runs a kids yoga teacher training program, so many amazing nature-based workshops for children, and recently created a set of affirmation cards for boys. I hope that you will enjoy this episode and be inspired to share the gifts of yoga and mindfulness with all the children in your life. So get comfortable and let's begin. Okay, so hi, Ansia, and welcome to the podcast. I'm really grateful to have you here to talk about yoga and mindfulness for children, something that I think is really, really important. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me. I'm good. I'm good. The the weather is looking up here in uh, Toronto. So, you know, this just kind of puts a little bit of joy into our Canadian lives here. Um, for sure. But yeah, it's been good. That's amazing. So for anyone who's listening, I actually did NCIA's kids yoga teacher training back in January 2020. And I think it was the first time that you ran that teacher training, right? That's yeah. right. So I actually started to plan for the teacher training while on my mat leave and I did all of um, the back-end work like creating the manual and you know having the program outlined during my mat leave and then my first teacher training which you were a part of was January of 2020. Yeah and that training was so amazing for me because I think it really it helped me bring more playfulness into my own yoga practice and also the way that I teach adults because I find sometimes when people come onto their yoga mat they think it has to kind of all be serious but sometimes we can benefit from just letting go and being playful and being just in the moment the way that kids are. Yeah and that's why you know I always recommend if you have your 200 hours or even if you are striving towards the 200 hours uh, doing a kids yoga teacher training is so beneficial because it kind of just brings you a little bit outside of your comfort zone um, and a little bit also brings you back to just you know connecting with your inner child and connecting with your younger self and bringing that um, playfulness um, as you mentioned back into your rope yoga routine because I feel like here in North America especially um, yoga has become sort of very, like really regimented and it's taken uh, um, into perspective as to like if it's like almost as if it's like a, a workout class or you go to mm-hmm. yoga you put your mat down you know you silently do the, the postures 
um, and then you kind of leave yoga. But to me and to, you know, teaching it to kids, it, it's more of like a lifestyle. It's a habit. It's something that you build on every day. And yoga is not just about postures. It's so much more than that. And I teach that in my kids yoga teacher training as well. Um, so sometimes as adults, I think we kind of need that reminder that, you know, you were a child once too, and kids yoga looks very different to adult yoga, right? It's loud, it's giggly, it's noisy, there's prop, uh, it's playful, um, there's, you know, books, and there's all these different um, things that you kind of experience and so I always always say that you know even if you are just an adult yoga teacher come and experience this yoga teacher training um mine are 18 uh, 20 hours now I did 18 before I've added a little bit extra to it um but yeah it's 20 hours it's a weekend and it's just a, a great way to uh you know get a community as well and See a different side of yourself and I tell um adults you know if you're a teacher if you you know happen to have family members that are kids and you want to connect with them nieces nephews if you are a mom um you don't have to necessarily do a kids yoga teacher training and teach per se you can take so many different aspects of it and add it to your daily life or just you know create a something for yourself as well so I'm glad that when you came to my training you kind of um appreciated that that you know we as adults kind of do need to change our perspective on what yoga could look and feel like for adults as well yeah for sure and I mean I completely agree with you about the idea that yoga is so much more than just when you're on your mat that it's a lifestyle and one of the things I enjoyed about your teacher training was when you talked about yoga philosophy, because for many people, even yoga teachers, the idea of sharing yoga philosophy seems really complex. But the idea that you can break it down in a way that's simple enough for children to understand is also a good exercise to do as a yoga teacher as well, because the more simply you can explain things, usually that means the better that you understand them. So. I really enjoyed and appreciated that part of your training too, that it covers so much more than just postures. Yeah, and I want kids to realize that, right? You, If you don't do your postures, perhaps in the day, you don't have to necessarily not say that you didn't practice yoga. You know, like if you did breath or if you were just kind to yourself or others. Um, and that's something I wanted to include in my kids' yoga teacher training, the philosophy part of it, because I didn't get that. Um, when I did my teacher trainings, I've actually done four um, certifications by now. So one in kids yoga, but one also in special needs because my um, background, I'm actually an elementary teacher and I've worked closely with children with special needs and saw how um, beautifully they responded to yoga and the aspects of it. And then I did a postnatal yoga training, which was full circle for me because it allows for mom to start to connect with baby and to bring mm -hmm. yoga to babies and uh, I always say that to anyone who is interested in kids yoga is that you know that journey for kids starts way earlier than you might think it does and you can start as young as babies um and I've done my 200 hours but 
one of the aspects that was really important to me was to understand yoga from a philosophical perspective, mm-hmm. but also have it be simple for kids and for adults so that when they go on to teach kids, they can do it in a very simplified way. And another area that I wanted to include in my training was um, anatomy. And that was important to me as well, because we need to sort of understand how, you know, kids are developing both physically, emotionally, um, socially, and all those aspects so that you can bring that um, skill set or bring that expertise when you're planning a class. So when you're teaching to a certain group, um, age group of kids, so that you can really connect with them and that you're not using um, just a generic model you're using mm-hmm. a very specialized model for kids who sort of need it at that different stage in their life um so for me creating this program creating the kids who could teach training was super special because i reflected on what i could have needed when i was um, training to be a kids yoga teacher and how can i enhance the program a lot more and add aspects that I thought would have been helpful to me when I started my journey. Yeah, and that's that's amazing. And you put together a really great program. So um, you did a good job in putting all those things together that you needed on your own journey. And actually, just speaking of your own journey, I'd love to know a little bit about how you got started in um, kids yoga because you're an elementary teacher. So um, you know you were working with kids, but what got you interested in teaching yoga specifically to kids? And what and yeah. your your company once once upon a mat? What kind of inspired you to not only teach kids yoga but create a company and eventually train yoga teachers to teach yoga to kids as well? Yeah, you know it's definitely been a journey, and I've kind of evolved through it over the years. I actually started my own journey for kids yoga uh, back in 2014 Um, and the reason I wanted to do kids yoga is because I had been practicing yoga for myself prior to that so I got introduced to yoga when I was in my early 20s in my opinion now that was late Um, Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) and I feel like I could have used it when I was a teenager or you know even as a child just to kind of understand um, all those different uh, emotions and stages that you go through as a teenager and then a young adult. Um, So I um, love yoga. It just resonated with me so well. And it was something that I started to practice for myself. Um, And when I became an elementary teacher, I was uh, in a grade two classroom that year. And I wanted to find something that would, I had a, 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 a large class that had lots of different behaviors, lots of emotions, lots, a lot of different personalities. And so I wanted to kind of just bring something to that classroom that will kind of, you know, help them regulate them, change the culture of my classroom. And so I thought, hey, you know, yoga works for me. Um, why don't I try it with my students? And so I signed up for a kids yoga training that year and absolutely loved it. I was specifically looking for a program and there are lots of um, kids yoga certifications out there. But for me, I was looking for a way to connect with kids in how they are, um, you know, playful, curious, 
exploratory. So I wanted a kids yoga program that would allow me to connect with kids that way. So I started with a kids yoga certification. You used, you know, um, the different elements in my classroom. It changed um, the way that I taught as a teacher. It changed the way my children interacted with me. And I see my children because I call my students that. But, you know, and it changed the way they, they were um, reactive and counteractive and, and how they interacted with each other. Um, and then as I was teaching, other teachers started to observe that. And my colleagues around me started to ask, like, hey, what are you doing? You know, your class, we pass by sometimes and they're either meditating or they're doing like <laughs> mindful coloring, like it looks so peaceful in there. And then I started to just share that with other educators. And I was That's like, so hey, you know, we've been doing this. Why don't you try it in your classroom? And then I had, um, you know, teachers that reached out to me to do workshops and um, other boards that reached out to me here to train other teachers. So I ended up almost training, like, I would say more than 200 teachers on how to bring yoga and mindfulness into the classroom. And then I thought, hey, why don't I give this a name and, you know, we'll call it Once Upon a Mat. Um, I love books. Um, and so I thought that was the perfect name and combination for my business, Once Upon a Mat, to kind of talk about not just, you know, the books itself, but creating stories. You know, everyone has a story. And so I wanted um, those who were coming to my classes to share their story, to resonate with stories that they are telling each other um and so i've kind of over the years done yoga in every single format that you can think of uh, i started first offering it at community centers um, and then i did some classes i worked alongside with um offering classes at um you know different places around the city um different events festivals pop-ups that's how i I kind of started my business and then I eventually got the question of hey like do you teach somewhere and then I started teaching at um adult yoga studios that were offering um kids classes and I did that throughout the city again but I felt like something was missing I felt like the element of you know having kids in an adult space um wasn't enough and so that gave me the idea of opening up um the very first kids yoga studio um, and I opened it up in Oakville and I ran it for about two years um, and then closed it off uh, to various reasons. I had become a new mom and um, now that I look back at it, it was definitely a blessing in disguise because I literally closed it um, at the end of 2019 and then it was a whole different world. In yeah, that's right. Yeah. So and then I kind of just took whatever lessons I learned from uh, the studio and programs that worked at the studio. So while we were at the studio, you know, I offered baby yoga and we offered toddler yoga and we offered um, kids yoga. We did yoga birthday parties, we did yoga camp. So when I say I've offered yoga in every uh, different aspect that you can think of that kids yoga can be offered in, uh, you know, I explored it. And then I kind of Took the programs that I really enjoyed at the studio and then started to offer them in different communities here in Toronto. Um, 
And then I would say over the years, you know, things have shifted and I've really started to focus and align on things that matter to me. And what do I want my business to be about? Or what do I want my, um, my contribution to be? Um, I've also gone back to working at a school now. And so I'm an elementary teacher teaching grade three this year. And we do yoga and mindfulness in my classroom every day. And I feel like, um, you know, in the past couple of years, already there was such a gap with having um, mental health be a priority for children. I feel like it's needed more than ever before. So the two aspects that, uh, yeah, and the two aspects that really spoke to me out of, you know, coming out of the pandemic, I want to take those two aspects and kind of just offer that and and that be sort of the you know the imprint or the legacy of of once upon a mat and so I still do want to focus on providing um providing an outlet for children but also um providing an outlet for adults and that's my kids yoga teacher training and I feel like that has an impact because I can't be everywhere I can't be in every community but I can empower and enable other adults to bring kids yoga into their homes into their schools into their lives um so that's sort of been the evolution of of once upon a mat over the years and that's such a it's such a beautiful story i actually didn't know all of that i kind of just joined your journey right when you had the teacher training it was just something i saw and felt called to but it's so nice to hear how kind of organically things fell into place for you that you really started just sharing something from your heart with your students and it turned into this business. And it's like, it's that's to me, that's really the core of like a heart-centered business to just have something you wanna share and the opportunities just come to you because you're in that energy. So that's really, really beautiful and so happy to see your evolution and continue to see how you grow and evolve because who knows what the future will look like for once upon a mat right it's kind of exciting to to know that there are who knows what's ahead and it's probably something great for you absolutely and that, you know what that's kind of been my journey as a yoga teacher as well and i uh, when i do train um other adults i i always say that you know you don't come to this training thinking that you're going to sit in front of a class and or be in a studio or, or teach kids in that aspect. Uh, you know, be open to your business shifting for you or not even being a business. Maybe it's something that you, you know, share with your neighbors in the community and you do backyard yoga. Maybe you uh, enjoy art and you create a program that involves uh, yoga and art and mindfulness. So there's so many different aspects to kids yoga that I think that people sometimes think that it's, you just can be a kids yoga instructor, but there's so many different elements that you can take away and, and add it and, and make it your own. And, and that's sort of been my journey, right? I've let it guide me as opposed to me kind of um, forcing it. We've, we, we've transitioned um, the business in in so many different ways. And to me, the most valuable aspect of that um, has been meeting such amazing people. 
the community to me has been what I have valued. And that's sort of sometimes what keeps me going, right? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like, you know, the people that reach out to me and um, thank me or tell me that, you know, my work is inspiring or tell me that I need to keep going because, you know, the last two years have definitely been tough where it's like, it was, it, it was challenging because not only could you not do something that was communal, which is what yoga is, not only could you not gather, um, but also had to do with kids. So, you know, it was a longer wait for myself to be able to mm-hmm. come back to my programming because kids couldn't gather in groups. And, um, and then we had kids that, you know, um, had to be more careful because um, of their age group. So there was a lot of different added pieces to my business, particularly. And there were days where it's like, oh, okay, should I keep going? Um, but I think coming out of it, um, I I know that, you know, it's something that is needed. And that's why I encourage other people to add kids yoga to their toolkit because they're going to need it, whether it be as an adult who is surrounded by kids or it's an adult who's going to be a parent or as an adult who teaches kids or works with kids. So it's definitely a very valuable skill to add to your toolkit. Yeah, I I completely agree. Very valuable skills to add. And I think some of the listeners here are likely parents. So I think one of the things on that same line that they may be wondering is, what does a kid's yoga class look like? Because you talked a little bit about the fact that it's more than just postures. So can you maybe give a little bit of a breakdown of what a kid's yoga class looks like? And also um, maybe chat a little bit about what's the right age to start yoga? Because, you know, I did your training, so I don't want to do any put any spoilers out there. But yeah, if you can just touch on kind of What's the right age to start yoga? And what does a kid's yoga class look like? Absolutely. So, you know, a kid's yoga class is super dynamic. And I say that because it's colorful and it's fun and it's creative. And there's so many different aspects. It's it's not just coming to a class and and doing postures and adding breath to it and then leaving. Um, For me, a kid's yoga class, especially the way I teach is that you know, there's coloring involved and there's crafting involved and there's um, teaching them breath, but in, in a creative, playful way. And there's uh, postures, definitely. But there's books that you, uh, that I especially in each and every class of mine, so signature class, um, given that it's once upon a mat, I include a book that they can, that they can read or do yoga postures with. We use affirmations. We use yoga cards. Um, we do partner yoga. And so all those elements, as I'm even speaking, are very, very foreign to an adult class. So, you know, if you think you're coming to a kid's yoga class and lying down in Shavasana and <laughs> then beginning your postures journey and adding breath to that and holding your postures, that, that's not what a kid's yoga class looks like. Uh, you know, there's playful props. So there's finger puppets and scars and uh, there's pom-poms and um you know it's just it's a fun it's a fun um you know time frame that they come in because kids yoga classes generally are from anywhere from 30 minutes up to an hour depending on the age group but uh to me it's about breaking up a kids yoga class and you know doing postures but then also doing breath work doing um 
doing storytelling, but then also having some relaxation time, having games be available to them, having, you know, crafts like making glitter jars or eye pillows. Um, and these are all tools that you kind of give to these children so that they can create that bridge from home to from class to home or from home to class you know it's a, it's, it's a uh, with kids I, I find that it's a journey you're not just a teacher you're a facilitator and you learn from them as well there's so many times where kids come to my class and I learn a new posture that they made up or a new breath that they practice and so, you know, as yoga is known, there's no right or wrong way to do yoga. It's all about feeling comfortable in your body and coming to your mat in how you accept yourself. And to me, it's teaching that message to kids as well, right? Teaching self-kindness and self-care and self-love. And um, I always say that yoga is not just doing all these different poses. But it's about taking what you learn at the yoga class and practicing it off the mat. So, you know, being kind to people around you, being kind to yourself, being kind to our earth. And so some of the aspects that I teach kids in my class um, as well is, you know, gratitude and kindness. And if we teach children these values at an early age, I feel like what a beautiful journey would they have as an adult to deal with some of the stressors that come to us at adults right and yeah, so I completely agree I completely agree with that like I know even my niece she'll go to a kids yoga class and she'll be wanting to do poses at home she'll be making up her own postures and I also know that for kids and for youth a lot of that information is being processed on a subconscious level so it's helping them rewrite maybe a limiting thought pattern that was there so that they don't carry that with them into their adolescence, into their adulthood. So it's really, it's powerful work, even though for some people it might just appear on the surface as, you know, games, as a time for fun. It's really teaching them, like you said, how to be good human beings. Yeah. And, and some of these tools that you don't necessarily um, get exposure to as an adult, sometimes it's, it's a bit too late, right? Because um, I always, tell parents especially um, children start feeling emotions and um, going through changes as young as toddlers as young as two um, so why not give them those tools as early as you can and that relates to your second question I mean I believe you can start kids yoga as babies and that's why one of the programs in my training is called once upon a mama where it's the focus is um, definitely on baby because you know they're developing and their brains are developing and their sensories are developing so why not give them something that they can practice stretch and movement and sensory as early as being babies um, but and then transitioning right into being toddlers and then kids and then tweens and then teens so it really is a journey and it can start you know as young as as babies yeah, that's, that's amazing. There is really, there's so much to kids yoga that you can really shape it for every different age group, for every different type of person that comes to a yoga class. So yeah, really, really powerful tools. And um, you talked a little bit too about that, the fact that you share books in your classes as well. So I would love to know if there is a book that you would 
recommend? What's your favorite kids yoga book? Because some of the parents listening to this um, podcast, or maybe even some of the yoga teachers might want to pick up that book and get inspired to teach kids yoga or to bring yoga to their kids. Absolutely. And that's a good question because my book kind of changes every month, Danielle. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> There's when so many I good ones, started, right? There are so many good ones. And it's hard to even just tell you one. So I'm going to tell you two publishers that sort of have specialized in kids yoga and mindfulness books. And uh, I love that there's actually like a niche publishing house now that speaks to kids yoga and mindfulness. And let me tell you, when I first started my kids yoga journey back in 2014, I had one book that was uh, about kids yoga. And I used to read that book on repeat to the point where I had like memorized the book because I'd read so much. Um, <laughs> Maybe the kids memorized it too. Yeah, the book is actually from <laughs> um, Betty and she's an author out in the United States. And the book is called Lucinda's Magical Yoga Adventure. And I will never forget that book because it's my first yoga book that, um, you know, I started to incorporate in my classes. Um, so it's a special book to me. Um, and Betty now actually, you know, she mentors other authors now to write books. So there's all these new books under her mentorship that are uh, being released, which is amazing. But you know, my, uh, my choice of books changes every month. Like I just saw a book yesterday that's called hurry up um, a book about slowing down. And I added that to um, mm -hmm. my wish list. Uh, I love how, you know, there's stories that are coming out that, uh, that can kids can relate to. So a book that I got last month was um, the three little yogis, and it's based on the three little pigs. So okay. the characters are the pigs, but they're, you know, um, yogis, and it's by Susan Bird. She is a wonderful author that writes books on um, yoga and mindfulness as well. Um, but two of the publishing houses that I mentioned that I love, um, one is called um, Bala Kids, so that's um, B-A-L-A, uh, and the other one is called Sound True, and they both publish books that are solely focused on yoga and mindfulness and um their books are truly truly amazing i already have lots of copies um of some of the books um in their collection but i would say over the years i easily have about 50 books on like yoga and wow mindfulness. <laughs> just for kids it's just for kids and you know it's just I see one and I have to have it and it has to be added to my collection. So, um, you know, ask me next week and I'll probably have a new title. That's my favorite. So it's hard to sort of pinpoint uh, a favorite book at this point, but I'm so happy to see that, you know, there are mindfulness sections that have popped up in uh, bookstores, in local bookstores, in small shops. Adding to that as well, uh, you know, affirmation cards, those are something that I include in my classes uh, to teach self-love and to, you know, teach self-acceptance. And um, that's also something that's special and has popped up in a lot of different places, bookstores, uh, you know, local shops. Uh, and I encourage parents to get a set of affirmations as well. And again, you're, you're not too young to start with affirmations, right? Because your first 
uh, language is taught to you through a parent. And, you know, what a beautiful way to start to converse with your children through affirmations and teach them self-love. And, you know, that eventually becomes their, their language as well. For sure. And I, I'm so glad that you brought up affirmations because that is such another really great tool. Um, and I think even like if, I guess if parents wanted to start sharing mindfulness with their children, maybe affirmations would even be a great way to start because you can have a deck, you can read them. They're simple. The, the kids might even be able to repeat them back even if they're young. And you can kind of Absolutely. pick a different card every day. It's It's a nice interactive yeah. tool. It's it's a great introduction tool as well. And I always say, you know, a great way to maybe start your morning with affirmations and, and do a few breaths together and, or end your day uh, at bedtime. My son and I, we do affirmations at night. Um, and inspired by him, I actually have created a deck that is aimed um, at just boys, self-identified boys. And uh, I created that last year and it took a little bit of time to launch due to um paying them and shipping them and all of that. But um, I found that when I was practicing affirmations with him, um, there weren't a lot of cards that were out there that spoke to boys in how as a mother, I would like for him to have a certain type of message. I Mm -hmm. found that a lot of the cards that were geared towards boys were about being tough and, and being brave and being powerful, sort of just like, reiterating the same stereotype that we have about boys uh you know be be strong and, and you don't need to cry and uh, a lot of it was you know superheroes um and that's not the messaging that I wanted him to grow up with I wanted him to know that you know he's human and he has emotions and there's um vulnerability and there's creativity and there's um differences and I wanted him to embrace all of that so I couldn't find that and so I created um, a deck of cards actually called Once Upon a Boy. And I'm actually launching them this summer with an event that I can finally do. Um, it's actually at a lavender field. So that always reminds me uh, of where you are, Danielle, uh, France. Um, and so I feel like that was also something that, uh, you know, I kind of wanted to bring to children, uh, especially boys, but also I say children in general, because I find that, you know, if we're going to change the way uh, we want our children to grow up, boys and girls included, you kind of have to change and shape um, one or the other. Uh, And so, you know, if we want our boys to, uh, you know, see and change things for um, girls and females and women in general, then it needs to be starting with boys as well. You can't, uh, one side of the story can't change until the other side is involved. And so, you know, being a boy mom and raising a boy and wanting him to have certain values and wanting him to, you know, um, respect and, and treat women in a certain way, uh, girls, females, women in a certain way, that I feel like that message for him needed to change. And, and so, um, yeah, I created some affirmations that boys can use. And I always say, you know, a great way to kind of just add a little daily routine to their, their ways to change little things that 
will go a long way because mindfulness and yoga, um, as I've mentioned, is a skill, it's a habit, it's something that you build on. And it's something that you um, allow your children to explore as they uh, are introduced to it. Yeah, and it's so great that you saw that opportunity or kind of that gap in what was missing that you wanted to share with your own son. You created something for him, but also something that other parents can use with their children as well. So that's really um, that's really nice. And I'll include all of the links for everything that you've talked about today, some of those publishing companies and your affirmation decks and your trainings and everything in the show notes so people can access everything later because I'm sure people will be interested to explore some of these resources um, afterwards. So I'm just just having a look at my questions. I think we actually got through quite a bit of them. Um, And so one more question that I'll let you kind of chat a little bit about your offerings. So the other question that I wanted to ask was, what was some, what are some of the shifts that you've seen in children as they practice yoga and mindfulness with you? Because I remember when, um, when I did my training and I came to some of the classes, sometimes you would see some kids that weren't able to focus right away because sometimes it takes time for kids to get used to mindfulness and also children are just kind of in the moment. So they're not always going to be able to look at one thing at a certain time, which is okay that they're doing their own thing. Um, But what are, I'm curious to know, what are some of the shifts that you've seen in children that have come to your classes, maybe come to just one workshop, maybe you've seen a change, or maybe it was over a series of classes? Absolutely. You know, I'll first kind of highlight how I saw a shift in my classroom, because I want you listeners to kind of understand that from September to June is when we practice mindfulness every single day. And I want to emphasize that, right? It it is a practice and it does need to um, be put into action every single day. Um, Mm -hmm. It could be as little as one minute where you kind of practice breath or it could be as long as five minutes uh, or you know, if your practice allows you, it could be as long as 15, 30 minutes. Um, and let me tell you, at that time, I had great two students. So um, I had a mixed age group and they were between the ages of, um, because my class had some younger students as well. They were between the ages of um, six and seven. And when we started meditating, and I introduced them to meditating as young as six and seven, I did not start meditating till I would say in my late twenties. Um, my students were meditating up to six minutes, and wow. to me, that's remarkable because to be still for six minutes and to actually just focus on your breath—that's phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. And so, to me, some of the changes that I started to see in in, in children ages, you know, six and seven up practice yoga and mindfulness every day was there was a sense of calm to them they reminded me on the days that we didn't do mindfulness that they needed that so once you kind of introduce the skill set you know we all need some downtime we all need some quiet time we all need some time to sort of quiet the mind relax the body and I feel like the sooner you introduce that to kids and they know that sensation in their mind and their bodies they'll ask for it um I saw the focus in my, in my classroom change. Um, I saw, you know, compassion and empathy. It, 
amongst themselves changed. They were kinder to each other. Um, you know, they were gentler with each other. Um, so I feel like, you know, there should be almost like pilot projects done in schools to see what effect yoga and mindfulness can have on, on children. Um, not only just academically, but also, you know, socially, emotionally, because it does have an effect. Um, and the kids who kind of, you know, wanted to challenge themselves, you can kind of start to see that curiosity in they want to challenge themselves with postures that allow them to um, work on their flexibility, uh, their balance changes, their coordination changes. And these are all different aspects that you can apply to different areas of their lives, you know, whether they're doing uh, hockey or soccer or gymnastics or swimming. Um, and then overall, just their mental health changes, right? And we wouldn't want um, healthier kids uh, that actually take some time. I mean, as adults, we always talk about self-care and taking time for yourself. And um, why can't kids do that as well? And why can't we teach them to start doing that at a younger, younger age? So for kids overall, I think the benefits outweigh everything else. Um, I cannot think of anything that perhaps maybe would, um, you know, not be beneficial for children who practice yoga and mindfulness every day. They can apply it to every aspect of their life. Um, school, most importantly, right? Um, and I even find that sometimes in class, as you mentioned, yes, it takes children some time to kind of, you know, find their purpose in a yoga class. But as they start to go to it, um, that energy shift for them as well. And I'm in a yoga instructor where if the child's coming to the class and you know what, he or she does not uh, engage in any of the yoga postures or the games or whatever we're doing, does their own thing. That's totally okay because they're being themselves. They're getting what they need out of the class. Uh, and they're still understanding that this is sort of their moment to find some relaxation and some quiet time. And so yoga for adults is about, you know, coming to your mat and finding yourself. And kids yoga is the same. It's about coming to a class, being yourself, which is most important, and taking home whatever it is that resonated with you in that class. So sometimes, you know, I have kids who don't want to do the postures, but once I start to read a story, they'll come sit right beside me and they'll be all about that story. So even in a kids yoga class, you'll find that each child will connect with yoga differently. And that's why I say yoga is not just postures, right? It's so much more than that. And so that child will take away from your class, whatever aspect of yoga they needed and apply that to their lives. Yeah. And I think I, I love all everything that you shared. And that's one of the things I really like too, that you taught that if children aren't necessarily engaging, they're just being themselves. And I think even as adults, when we go into a new experience, sometimes we have that resistance. So kids are going to have that same resistance too sometimes, right? And that's why the fact that kids yoga classes are so dynamic and offer so many different things, maybe they won't be in, interested in the postures at first, but maybe they'll like the books or maybe they'll like kind of the mindful breathing and something in them will get, allow them to find that space for calm. And then like you said, it's really that awareness piece that once they know 
they have this practice that can bring them calm when they feel angry, when they feel upset, when they feel all of those emotions that kids are going to naturally feel, they know that they can go to that. Like I've I've heard kids saying, you know, oh, take five breaths. I need to take five breaths. Like, you know, there's, I've seen such a big shift in, and maybe it's just the people the people in my community, the people that I follow and that are in my circles, but I see a lot more mindfulness being shared in the classrooms. And I think it's so beautiful. It's the tool that I also wish that I had as a kid, as a teenager. It's, it's just so, so powerful on so many levels. Yeah. And, and, and I like that you, you know, you mentioned that um, they take away or they connect with yoga in whichever way they want. And if you kind of recall, you know, a kid's yoga, uh, sorry, an adult yoga class, you know, you go into an adult yoga class, the instructor tells you, you don't want to do a certain posture, you can come back to child's pose, or you can come back to Shavasana. If you can't do a certain posture, you know, add a modification. And I mm-hmm. feel like for kids as well, you know, those modifications and those choices are there in a kid's yoga class, because not every child will want to do a downward dog. And so you have something else that might be available for them. Um, and yeah, I feel like it, it's definitely more, um, it's definitely more available to children. There's more awareness, but I feel like, um, you know, the change sort of just has just begun because I think that we've sort of started to grapple with how important our mental health is and I think it's sort of been glaring at us for the, like the last few years yeah. of you know there's so many things that we take for granted as as people and you know the last two years have been a reminder of what is important and I think that our mental health and self-care and self-awareness and self-acceptance and all of those um, have sort of made us understand as people of what's important. And I feel like, you know, as, as teachers, as parents, as someone who um, relates or works or has children that are a part of their lives understands that we need to give them tools that allow them to just be um, better, better. And, you know, who's not wishing for a better world. And I feel like if we can make that change through kids yoga and mindfulness, then why not? Yeah. And that's, that's such a beautiful way to kind of wrap up everything that we've been discussing. Cause for me, really the heart of yoga, whether it's for adults or for kids is teaching kindness and compassion for yourself and others. And so what a just wonderful way to introduce these concepts to children through some of the tools that you've shared today. So thank you so much for sharing with us and hopefully inspiring some people to either get a little more playful in their own yoga practice or to start sharing um, yoga and mindfulness with children. Yeah. So yeah, I always say, you know, find some time to connect with your inner child every day as adult, we, as adults, we forget to play where it becomes really serious sometimes. So, you know, sing, dance, um, play a little, blow some bubbles, skip, uh, because it really kind of goes a long way when you do that and you kind of connect with your inner child and that's what his yoga does. Yeah, and that's and actually the next episode that's going to be airing after this one is going to be an inner child meditation so that as adults can experience that sense of connecting to their inner child. Because like you said, I think a lot of us kind of 
once we reach adulthood, we think we can't engage with that playful part of ourselves, but we need that playful part of ourselves. So, um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to, to sharing that. Um, and, and Sia, can you just let us know what are some of the offerings that you have coming up? How can people um, practice with you, learn from you? And of course, I'll share all your details in the show notes as well if people want to follow you on Instagram or check out your website, but just maybe talking a little bit about some of the upcoming offerings you have. Absolutely. So for me, um, you know, what's fun about has been about offering what feels right and what feels right in that moment or that stage in my life. And um, at this point, I have two offerings that I will be offering um, and going forward, we'll be offering that. I've kind of, uh, you know, really focused on aligning and, and doing what I'm passionate about. And so kids yoga teacher training is one of them. Uh, it took me years to you know, get the courage to actually apply my knowledge and my expertise and, you know, create uh, a manual and create a training. Um, And so the upcoming training that I'm going to be offering is on August 6th and 7th. It's at a botanical farm. I kind of want my um, kids yoga experiences to be more of a retreat feel. I want people to come to connect, to immerse themselves into a kids yoga world. Um, and so there's also an option of an overnight stay on the botanical farm. Um, you know, they have llamas on the farm and they have chickens and there's flowers. It's amazing. such a feel good environment. And I want people who come, um, to this space to, um, allow themselves to just feel all of that. Um, and so I will be offering my kids yoga trainings going forward. I'm all about finding beautiful spaces for them. So I'm hoping the next one in the spring is going to be at um, another beautiful location um, that I have. And, you know, we'll have that uh, retreat feeling to it as well. Um, And then going forward and actually this summer, I'm offering a program that I actually created and launched during the pandemic. So I launched it in 2020 and it was an outdoor program. And I think that um we really started to appreciate the outdoors and mother nature and all of its offerings in the last two years and it's a program that I had been thinking about for for some time and it felt like launching it in 2020 was the perfect time um never would I have (laughs) thought that I would be launching something in a pandemic um but it's a program called once upon a rainbow and it connects both sides of of what I love teaching and mindfulness and so it's a program where I bring children together in a um, workshop style or school style setting it's offered outdoors completely um, rain or shine um, you know weather pending um, we kind of still find time to go outdoors I want children to connect with nature I want them to do it mindfully I want them to be pioneers uh, of the future because really it's theirs right and if we get to appreciate um the world we live in um both outdoors but also inwardly uh, i want to create that connection to children so this program is based on a curriculum it teaches them how to connect with um the outside world with nature but then also to connect with themselves and so everything is taught from a mindfulness perspective and um, all of the different subject areas so we do art math and language 
but we do it mindfully. And I wish we could do this as a curriculum, you know, in our schools and every day. Um, but until then, I've uh, sort of found a um, happy balance. And um, so the program is going to be uh, offered this summer. So I've done it for three summers now. So this will be my third summer. And it's actually at a um, sunflower farm. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's 80 acres of sunflowers. And that's sort of our, our area. Sounds magical. Learn. It's so magical. There's bees there and they have chickens. And it's just such a great way for kids to be outdoors and connect with nature as well. So that's being offered um, in August as well. And, and so it's, yeah, is, that, is that a serious program where it's multi multiple weeks or is it just a one yeah. time? Okay. No, it's multiple weeks because I really want kids to be immersed and to learn and, you know, have it really uh, connect with them. So it's, it's based on a weekly basis. So you would have to involve the program for a week. At okay. Least. So that's five days uh, because I really want them to, you know, um, learn from a different lens. Uh, you know, we do morning meditation, we'll pick, uh, you know, fruits and vegetables right from the farm, we'll make morning smoothies, uh, we'll do recipes that sounds together. so great. Yeah, and so I'm really, really excited to bring a new way of learning to kids. And, you know, we will, we will learn from nature. Um, and we will let that be our guide. Um, and so um, I'm super excited to have this program be available to children and you know what I'm I'm manifesting to hopefully have it be something that um can be a bit um bigger and uh have it be available to more kids and have it be available maybe year round so we'll kind of yeah, for sure I'm 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 sending you good energy to have that happen because that all sounds so wonderful it sounds like exactly what's needed and I can see so many parents and children really gravitating towards that type of experience so it's what you're creating is just so magical and i'm excited to see where it goes and hopefully when i visit canada i can come check out some of your programs again because i i really like i told you if i had been there for this kids teacher training that you have coming up i would have loved to come because i think trainings in a retreat setting are so great because you get to know people you really get to allow yourself to be immersed in the training rather than having to go home at the end of the day so so yeah all of your trainings yeah. sound so so wonderful um and thank you thank you so much Insia, for taking the time to sit down today to talk about yoga and mindfulness for kids for sharing your journey and some of your offerings and i'm sure that you've inspired a lot of people both people that listen to this podcast and otherwise to bring more mindfulness to to youth which is such an important thing so Thank you for being here and thank you for all of the wonderful work that you do. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. So I will share all of Encia's details in the show notes for anyone. I would highly encourage you to follow her, to keep up to date with her because you never know when you might feel the call to do a kid's teacher training. Maybe you have a child or a nephew or a niece or someone you know that could use these resources. So it's always nice to have them to know who to go to. And now you know Encia, so now she can be your go-to person for all things kids yoga and mindfulness. Thank you so much for tuning in and for listening to this episode. I hope that you will join me next week for a special inner child healing meditation. May you be happy. May you be healthy. 
May you be at peace, and may you connect to the playfulness that always exists within you. Namaste.